Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Classroom. I'm glad to be back podcasting. What can I say? Life happens. Um, I'm Swan. I am the Chief Chihuahua Bat on Even Days. And my crazy partner, Mala, is the Chief Chihuahua Bat on Odd Days. And so if we're ever having a discussion or we need to do something, we look at the calendar and go, oh, not my day. So that, that's kind of fun for us. So um, to clear up a few questions and comments from people, um, it's been a while since I podcasted. My apologies, but I, I was on a series of finding educators across the U.S. that um, wanted to tell their story. And I have quite a few people I have not been able to interview just simply because of the pandemic and quarantining and being respectful of that. And so I decided, you know what, it's just not worth it. Um, I know vaccines are trying to roll out. And so we will come back to that um, when I think it's, you know, it's, it's safer and I don't want to put anyone in jeopardy. So there's that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I have been uh, involved in all kinds of projects. You know, when they told me when I retired, they said, you're going to be busier than you ever were when you worked. I didn't believe them. I thought, oh, there's absolutely no way. Because in education, you know, for like 30 plus years, education never stopped. You know, obviously it was when I was in the building and then when it went home with me and it, it was in my, you know, my sleep at night, it would interrupt me. So and it was seven days a week. Um, yeah, and with technology, there was just more and more documents, programs, things that I needed to validate. So when they said, you're going to be busy, I was like, there's just no way. I was a teacher, for God's sakes. But I have to say, it's really been kind of true. Um, and I've been, you know, some of my children have been like updating homes to sell them and move on to the next phase. And so I'm the only one in the family that likes to paint, like, like paint walls and things. Um, it's very therapeutic after the end of a long school year. I would love to just go you know, get a room and update it and paint it. I don't know why. It's just therapy for me. So I, I like it. Um, I don't much like the taping, but I do love and the detail. Ooh, I like to get my little brushes. They make fun of me because it's like, I got to go get my detail brushes. Anyway, so I like it. So guess who gets to paint? <laughs> guess who gets called to paint? So literally, I have painted two complete houses. Uh, cabinets, walls, you know, anything that needed to be painted started like, you know, 2018 when, when I was still uh, in the classroom. And so that was my son's house and that was kind of on weekends and holidays. So that one took me a little longer. And then I retired and I got down here and yeah, kind of flipped my daughters in about, I would say, 10 weeks. So that was that was a lot of painting. I had done a little bit, you know, while I was still in the classroom, I would come down on spring break and I would paint. Again, because it's just, it was, it was therapeutic. So I thought I was done, and I thought, oh, gosh, I can start on my house. Well, uh, my sister-in-law, who I've actually interviewed, Terry, she's the one that, you know, taught the stars, you know, and <laughs> in Hollywood at the Buckley School, and so many stories. I'll never get to all her crazy, crazy stories. But anyway, she and I, when we were working on our last podcast, and we did have some difficulty because she's bought a home, and she's updating it down in South Texas, because she, you know, wants to retire here eventually. And and so in the process of updating, she fell and broke her hand. And 
and broke it so badly that it needed surgery. And so when I, I first went over and, and she was, I said, what are you doing? She was, I'm trying to paint cabinets. And I just went, oh, yeah. And I put my hand up like, no, no way, <laughs> because I'd just done two homes. And she was like, no, nah, nah, I know, Swan, you, you've already painted. I'm not going to ask you to help. But I noticed she was having trouble. I said, what's the deal with your hand? She goes, well, I didn't want to tell anyone, but I, I've broken my hand. And so I'm going to the clinic tomorrow. Well, sure enough, it, it was broken. All right. She needed surgery. So she had to fly back in a pandemic, mind you, to, back to California to get have her hand worked on. And so at that point, I said, I said, Terry, let, let me help you. I said, this is ridiculous. I said, you can't paint like that. So I'm still painting houses. So that's really the main reason that I've been neglectful of, you know, my blogging and podcasting. And, and I have some in the queue. It just takes time to get to them and, and rework them. So that's to answer the questions about, hey, where have you been? And I have to say, I, I, I'm not at the point where I can podcast every day. I don't know that I can make that promise. But I, I tried to do like biweekly, you know, I mean, bimonthly. Uh, that was my goal. I thought it was very reachable, but I, I cannot be painting while I'm doing that. So there's that. So my apologies. I'm going to do my my best to get better because I have a lot to say. So anyway, Mala and I both retired educators, 30 years in the public classroom. We actually taught together. We met in uh, 1993. She, she actually was my department head. And uh, when we retired, we wanted to just kind of pursue our passions. Mala's passion is she she likes to paint. Uh, she likes the palette knife, oil paintings, quite good at it. And uh, she exhibits at the Art on 12 Gallery in Wimberley. So if you're ever in the area, if you love it, it's like one of the best galleries in Wimberley. And uh, it's so cool. It's got all these neat little rooms, all kinds of art. Uh, and she's in there. And she's actually there today. Uh, redoing her wall. We laugh because anytime you sell something, you have to go and redo your wall. My husband also exhibits there. He he does photography and uh, he too, you know, had just gotten his wall done and somebody came in and bought a, a photograph, which was awesome. And then he had to turn around and just redo the wall. So, you know, it's a, it's a delicate balance as to how much uh, product you keep because you never know who's going to walk in the door and buy. But anyway, so that's their passion. My passion was more about writing and storytelling. And I really wanted to be a voice and advocate for those still in the public classroom because I spent 30 years there and I know exactly what needs to be changed and I know why. And and, and, and Mala and I have strong opinions, really. Don't ask us because we're going to tell you. So we hope you're open to, you know, to honesty. So I, when I retired in 2018, uh, I wrote a book about a five-year period in my teaching career where I thought, Oh, my God, if anyone had ever told me, I mean, the word challenging and unbelievable doesn't even describe what I went through, just the physicality of the space that I was given to teach in. And then the other issues without giving away the book, of you know, the noise and just what was going on. And it was a little bit illegal, you know, if you believe in HIPAA and all that. Um, so, yeah, and, and I thought if anyone had ever told me that this would exist, I, I honestly would not have, have believed the people. I mean, I've heard of people traveling and teaching on the stage. You know, that was not, you know, teachers. You know, we're just, you give me a new pencil, I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you, because we're just not used to getting things like other careers, you know, the budget 
excuse me, the budgets are a little bit tight that way. So anyway, you know, we're just like crumbs. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, and, and Mala and I being in foreign language, we were kind of one of those departments off to the side. And it kind of depended on the state legislature and, and you know, the view and the value of foreign language at that time. So sometimes we were, you know, kind of in the mainstream and a required course. Sometimes we were not. So if you're one of those other courses, you're really just sort of used to not really getting, uh, you know, a substantial budget. Uh, they don't look at you. We were not a tested subject. So you know how that goes. So we were just kind of on the sidelines, which sometimes was a blessing, I have to say. But um, so we, we were just kind of used to all that. And uh, so anyway, there I was standing in chaos. And thank God she was with me and my crazy colleagues that I'll refer to is the Breakfast Club. So the title of the book is called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. You know, obviously we're Chihuahua bats. And uh, I highlight this period where I had to make a decision. I had to sit back and complain with all my colleagues, which a lot of people do. I've seen it for years. Or I could step up and find a solution and be a part of the solution. And I'm a big advocate of if you're not willing to step up, and present an idea or present a solution or be part of the solution, then I don't want to hear your complaints. That was one of my rules when I was a department chair, because it's real easy to sit in the back seat and tell people what to do. Uh, but often when you get to the level of more responsibility or more leadership in your positions, you are privileged to information that other people don't have. So they sometimes don't understand what you're doing because the laws or the rules or the regulations of the particular company say this is not <laughs> to be shared. And so, you know, you're kind of caught. You're like, oh, I can't tell you. So anyway, I decided to step up and Mala and I put our heads together and thought, OK, how can we take this horrific uh, room situation and make it a positive? And so we did. So since 2021 has been a challenging year for all educators, I don't care where or what you're teaching, um, I think this book is appropriate because you might feel a little bit better about your situation when you read what I went through and, and I survived. So Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, Amazon, obviously, and I do have a webpage, chihuahuabat.com, where you can also find it there. Okay, so you know today's topic is... Why are we so bad at it still? And the it that we are so bad at is communication. And this is just sort of ironic to me because nowadays communication is literally at the tip of our fingers. You have so many choices to communicate. I mean, just look at social media and so many formats. And I mean, you can literally send a little emoji and people know exactly what your message is. Or you can find a cute little meme, you know, and send it. And people know exactly what you're going through. And then there are others that, you know, like to share every little thought and every little, you know, activity of their day, um, you know, like through a Twitter or something like a Twitter, and you're just like, oh, great, you're going to the grocery store. You, what? you know, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's important, but for some people, they do. Uh, so literally, you can just press a button and communicate. And then, of course, if you're in a work environment, you know, something a little more professional is usually like email. Uh, sometimes districts have a program they want you to use to communicate with, um, and some now will even, you know, text in my last teaching assignment, I actually had, you know, 
admin principals and counselors in my phone in case I needed to get in touch with them. All right. So you can just communicate. It's instantaneous, right? So my question is, if we've got this incredible technology nowadays and it's literally at our fingertips, why? And I'm going to reference educators right now in some situations I've been hearing of in 2021. This just blows my mind. Why are educators not getting the essential information that they need? And this is information that impacts their class, information that impacts the courses that they may be teaching, uh, information that impacts their student population. It's not like, hey, can you watch so-and-so's class for 10 minutes? It's not like that. This is important information that really affects, you know, what you teach, when you're going to teach it, where you're going to teach it, and who you're going to teach it to, right? You would like to know that. So, yeah, I'm just baffled. And really, I'm still kind of angry because I don't think there's an excuse unless the leader that was supposed to communicate the information had, you know, an emergency situation. Of course, that could be delayed. But, you know, my philosophy, if you're going to be a leader, and you're gonna choose to lead, then step up and lead. And often in leadership positions, there are just things about your job that you're not comfortable with. I mean, there's not a perfect job out there. At some point, you're gonna have to say to someone or have a very difficult conversation. It's just the nature of the game. Nobody wants to do it. You'll lose sleep over it. I was a department chair, I had to do that. But you chose to lead, so you have to step up and do it. And I find if you'll do it respectfully and thoughtfully, it saves a whole lot of drama and a whole lot of little gossipy groups among the faculty about, oh, my gosh, can you believe? I can't believe, you know. And for me, I wanted to cut a lot of that out because it was just wasted energy, right? I wanted them to focus on things that were more important, like the students. So, So here we are. You know, when I started teaching in 1978, covered wagon days, I know for some of you, uh, we didn't have the luxury of technology. We, we weren't even using email. I didn't have a teacher desktop. I didn't even have a cell phone. Okay. So communication with me from my admin to the teachers was through uh, department meetings, faculty meetings, uh, weekly bulletins that went in our teacher boxes. These were hard copies, Xerox copies. And um, I guess the back to school, welcome back to school letter, here's how we're going to do in service. And if there was a a change, you know, like, hey, we bought a new copier, it's going to be in room so and so, sometimes they would put that information in there. So it was not uncommon and it was normal to go weeks or months without, you know, information. So I could go home in the summer and not hear anything for literally three months until I got back to school during in-service and we had our first big, you know, gathering. Uh, if your your principals liked faculty meetings, you might meet weekly or, you know, bi-monthly, uh, but some of them didn't. So you would go even longer without info. And, you know, department chairs, it kind of depended on, again, I was in foreign language. So our department meetings were not as regular as English, math, science, social studies, because those were considered, you know, the core subjects. And that's kind of what they base their kids, you know, how many credits do you have? So you can move on to be a sophomore, yada, yada. So there we were. Information was not readily flowing. And 
even if it needed to get to us, we did not have the luxury of texting. Uh, if a principal wanted to see me, I would get a little note in my box or if they were roaming the halls and we happened to be out, you know, in front of our, our rooms, I would say, hey, can you come by today? That was it. Yeah. No phone that I could pick up and say, hey, can you come down and meet me? So here I am. This is like, I think it might be 1980. I've been teaching for a couple of years and I've gotten through. It's the first day of school and I've gotten through first period. And I'm like, oh, that first you know, few days, it's hard to get back in the swing of it. And the bell rings. I think, oh, I've got conference. I can just sort of catch my breath and plan until lunch. And in walks a colleague. She goes, hey, I'm going to be in your room now. And I said, what? You're, you're in my room? She goes, oh, yeah. Didn't they tell you? I said, no, they didn't tell me. So I said, so the, all, you're going to be in here all year during my conference? She's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. And, you know, my kids will be in in a minute. And I said, well, let me gather my things. So there I am flustered gathering my things. And, you know, off I go down to um, the lounge. So, yeah, so there it is. And you're just like, oh, okay. Would have been nice to have known that I was going to, you know, be moving because that makes me rearrange what I'm doing a little bit differently. Okay, not the end of the world. All right, let's go a little further. It's like 19, oh my gosh, I'm, I guess I'm in 1990. Uh, I'm teaching in a, a, a district in East Texas. Uh, I, I don't have a desktop. Uh, we're still doing attendance, you know, by paper. Uh, still bubbling in, you know, bubble sheets for grades. Uh, we have a phone in our room that goes to the office and uh, if we needed discipline issues. That I have. Uh, and then weekly agendas in our boxes and department meetings, faculty meetings. So that's how communication is, unless, you know, the principals are roaming and, you know, they see you in the hall. So here we are, my first year. I think I started there in 91 1991. So this is the second year, right? I had an awesome room. It was great. I'm in before school starts. I usually go in in July before in-service just so I can get a heads up and I don't have to worry about the room. I can focus on whatever the meetings are. And in walks this lady. I've never seen her before. And she goes, oh, so this is this is room 206. I was like, mm-hmm. She's like, great. So when can you be moved out of here? And I'm looking at her like, why would I be moving out of my room? She goes, oh, didn't they tell you this is going to be my room this year? And I went, well, may I ask even, I don't even know you. She goes, oh, I'm the new social studies teacher. And Karen and I, that was my principal, we just had a discussion. And I was like, okay, so, well, uh, since I'm just now hearing of this, can I, um, can I get back to you? Because now I have to totally... I've just put everything up in here to decorate. So now I guess you're telling me I'm going to take it all down. So I'm going to need a couple of days. Okay, no problem. So I go up to my principal. I go, who, who is so-and-so? And and she's coming into my room. And poor Karen Rainey went, oh, I'm so sorry. She goes, I asked her not to tell you because I was going to call you in and tell you the plan that we're putting in portables and I want to move you out to the portable because it'll be nice and big and you like to do all kinds of activities. But the bad news is you're going to have to travel for several months until we get them all built. And she goes, I asked her not to say anything. And I said, well, I don't think she remembered. And she was like, I'm so sorry. And I said, well, you know, that's okay. Um, 
So, you know, I, I did. I traveled and then I did get into my portable, you know, and it was nice. Okay. So here we go. Now it's like 1993. This is when I meet Mala. Okay. Again, I don't have a desktop. I do have a cell phone, but at that point, we're not, you know, cell phone communication with admin. That is not appropriate. That's not happening. Um, I do have a phone in my room to get to the office, but I don't have a desktop. I'm still doing like bubble sheets, you know, for grades. So it, it has not, technology has not infiltrated into, yeah, my school system. Okay, so here we go. Uh, I traveling the first year, which sometimes, you know, I often do when you, you change districts and you're like new to the building. It's cut, you know, you're the last one on the totem pole. Okay. So I knew I'd be traveling, and this year I'm not traveling, you know, hall to hall. I'm traveling to several buildings, and so I have a cart. My cart is loaded up, you know, because foreign language, I have all kinds of manipulatives and things like that. I just don't have a briefcase, and so I'm going down ramps, you know, for the handicap and going up ramps, and if the wind's blowing, papers are blowing off my cart, and the students are very nice, or I'm literally leaning over, hovered, inching up. The ramps, which is kind of hard to do. If it's raining, I have to somehow hold an umbrella to inch, you know, go up and down. And it wasn't like I went to the building and stayed for a couple of periods. No, I would go over there for a period, then have to come all the way back down, go back to the main building for a couple of periods, go all the way back out there for a couple of periods. It was just the way the schedule went. So at the end of the year, you know, I said to my principal, I said, look, I can't tell you, my back's killing me. <laughs> I said, I honestly, I beg of you, if there's any way I cannot travel or just be in a room for, you know, for like two or three periods and then switch out. Like sometimes coaches teach for two or three periods and then they go do their their athletics. It, I said, I, that would be great. He's like, OK, we'll see what we can do. So and this is kind of where, you know, the period of time where I'm writing my book. And this particular principal had a, you know, welcome back kind of gathering at his home, being nice. And he had, you know, some hamburgers and things. It was very nice. And we're standing there and, and um, he said, so I said, so I'm, I'm not traveling. Sure. He goes, no, no, I don't, I don't have you traveling. I found a space for you. And I said, really? And I said, one of the new rooms that there, he goes, no, no, we're behind on that, which he can't control construction and education. It never runs on time. Don't ask me why. So I said, okay. So he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put you in an old, it's an old industrial arch room, but don't worry. It, it's going to be cleaned out. It'll be fine. And I said, okay. Like an idiot, I trusted. And I went, oh, okay, great. And I remember Ma and I were sitting there going, wow, okay. And she had a funny look on her face, but I mean, I didn't think that was the time to go, what, what, what are you doing? So Here's first day, right? And we get there and she's like, okay, come on, I, I'm going to show you this room. And I was like, all right. And she goes, now, I should have known. I want you to keep an open mind. And I was like, okay. And literally when I walked in and she flipped on these little fluorescent lights that took forever, they hummed and buzzed to come on. And I was standing looking at literally a warehouse. It's a cinder block warehouse. And I, I am speechless. I'm like, Oh, this is a joke, right? Because Mala likes to play around. She's like, no, no really, this is where you're going to be, but it's going to be great. We're going to fix it up. We're going to decorate. She's talking 90 miles a minute and, you know, looking at the big picture. She's the big picture person. And I'm like, 
So I don't see a whiteboard or a blackboard or any kind of a board. Oh, yeah, 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 that's coming. So I, do, I don't see a desk or anything like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's coming. And I said, this, this is huge. How, how, where, what, I just literally, I was just like, well, I could not get the words out. Okay. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, fast forward to, you know, 1999, I have a desktop, I have cell phones, we're still not really texting each other, I have a phone in my room, I even have a printer in my room, you know, I have died and gone to heaven because, you know, technology is my friend, we have a, a district website where we can go in and put in our bios, and this is our grading policy, and this is how you get me, and if you're absent, so, you know, web pages are now a way to communicate, all right, and um, I, I'm, but still, the majority of my info is coming through email. Uh, we're still getting agendas in our boxes and meetings. And because I'm a department chair, I have extra meetings. So I do, the information is coming to me much easier. All right. Okay. So, so here we are. Not to mention when I ended my last few years in Central Texas, I had all kinds of technology at my fingertips literally. And so I thought that communication was so easy. I could reach out to a parent instantaneously. I could reach out to admin instantaneously. Yeah. So, so things are rolling and I'm really feeling very hopeful. Okay. Enter 2021, right? And as you know, I visit with people all over about what's going on in the classroom and what's bothering them. So I was speaking to a friend who was very concerned because one of her colleagues shares with her, looking at the course catalog, her courses are gone. That's important information. And so upset, obviously, she goes into, like, I think a counselor and says, hey, what's the what's the deal here? I just saw the catalog. My courses are gone. And, she, and out of the, the counselor's mouth, I think it was a counselor, she says, oh, didn't they tell you? Okay, here it is again. Oh, didn't they tell you? And she's like, I think if they told me, I, we wouldn't be having this discussion. So obviously this person looks very, you know, concerned about, uh-oh, what are we going to do, right? And and then obviously this um, educator goes to the department chair and is like, you know, did you know? And the department chair is like, I, I didn't know. And so my thing is that doesn't have to happen, right? And working with course catalogs, that information is decided, ahead of time, you know, at least 30 days out, you get an idea of what courses are going to go away. And as we evolve and as education things and the demands for education change, courses change or the titles change because we're going to, you know, leave out the first part and we're going to go into more in-depth, you know, study of that particular course. So, you know, it's going to happen. But to not tell someone, oh, right, and here it is, right, January, and you're looking at, well, what am I going to teach, right? Okay, fast forward to I'm up with my counselor friend who teaches like up in North Texas area, and she's walking down the hall, and a colleague goes, oh, my gosh, congratulations. She goes, well, what, 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 are you, what, did, I, what did I do? What did I win? She goes, oh, you're going to be teaching the new course, you know, for the incoming freshman, and she's like, I'm a counselor. What course am I teaching? You know, the ethics or it's it was a course. I don't have the exact title, but if kids are at risk 
they're grouping them in small groups. And then you're, it's like an advisory, but you're kind of helping them with life decisions, making good decisions. Let's look at social media. Let's don't put everything we've ever said and done. Uh, It's one of those kinds of things, helping them make good life choices. And she's like, I don't don't think I'm teaching that. Like, yeah. So, you know, so-and-so just told me, the principal just told me. So there she is just in shock going, I think that might be something I needed to know. And certainly the messenger should not have been just another teacher. It's kind of like, how do you know my business? And I don't know my business, right? And so, you know, here we go. I'm up in, yeah, I'm up in like the northern part of the United States. And I'm visiting with, you know, another teacher. I was like, hey, how's it going? And uh, she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, they just dumped on me how we're going to totally restructure some of the special ed classes, excuse me, I had to stop and take a little sip there. So there she is going, what do you mean we're going to totally restructure special ed classes? And, And again, this is coming from an assistant principal who's saying, you know, as technology gets better and better, um, special pops, can um, function in a general setting, a general classroom, much easier and less attention is drawn to them that they might be struggling with the concept. So that that's going to happen. But and it's not so much that they're going to restructure, but it was like, so, you know, so when is this happening? Oh, well, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow afternoon. And you're, you're like, what, what? You think that, that that's monumental information and Clearly, as she said, well, how long have you known about this? Well, we met on it a couple of months ago. And so there you are going, you knew for two months and you couldn't give me a heads up. So, so here's what I'm saying. With, with the way technology is, when I first started, okay, communication was not instantaneous because we just weren't set up that way. I often felt like I got better information than I do now because... Like I said, it's at a fingertip, you can text someone, hey, can you meet me for five minutes? Or you can simply email them and go, hey. And you can text multiple people. You can text an apartment and go, hey, I need five minutes today during you know your PLC time. It doesn't have to be a long meeting. I know, I know in leadership you're just up to your ears in meetings and things like that. But you know, I'm just dumbfounded that here we are in 2021, much less 2020 or you know 2018. You can go back probably six to eight years ago, and and sit there and realize that there's really no excuse not to be able to tell essential information, important information that is going to affect you know an educator's life in the classroom. There's no reason not to get that out. Because when they find out from other people, because I've been one of those teachers, it doesn't sit well. It makes for anger, animosity, bitterness, and then the grumbling start, and then they go down the hall and say, oh, guess what happened to me kind of day. And I just think education is hard enough. We don't need to add that to our plates. So I don't think it's the fact that we can't communicate. I think it's the people in the position, and I'm going to say leadership, and that's a general term because everybody's structures are different. Leadership is falling down on the job. Um, I know you're busy, but I think it's your job to bring in a teacher and go, hey, I want to give you a heads up. The course catalog has changed. Here's why. I don't want you to panic. We're going to find a place for you. We're going to find things for you to teach. You know, that works so much better 
than to have someone pull up the course catalog and go, oh my God, I'm not gonna teach anymore. I don't have anything to teach, right? Um, How thoughtful would it be for a principal to call someone in and goes, hey, we're gonna put this new program in for kids at risk. I really want you to be, you know, the lead teacher on this and I want you to take, you know, whatever, however many minutes are dedicated to that course. And I want you to come up with a little curriculum. I mean, how nice would that have been to get a heads up than to have, you know, someone down the hall go, oh, hey, I heard. Um, I just can't tell you the damage that it does. And again, if you're going to lead, this is part of your job to disseminate, to communicate to your people important information. Uh, Unless you've had a tragedy in your family, right, there is no excuse. And There's nothing more disrespectful and thoughtless than letting that information get out through other channels that's really not appropriate. And I I really can't stress this enough. Um, And so I want to say to teachers, if this is happening to you, and clearly it is, I only gave three examples, but I heard all kinds of people going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they didn't tell me. Now they want me to teach this English course. I, I haven't taught that in 10 years. All right. It takes preparation. You don't just jump into that overnight. But sometimes when you get the information, you only have four or five days to go, "Uh uh-oh, how do I do this AP English course, right? If you care, you want to do it correctly. So I'm saying to the public teacher, I hear you. I've been there. There's no excuse. To leadership or administration, I'm telling you, this is part of your job. This is the most important part of your job is communicating with your teachers and making sure that they feel secure and that they feel respected and, and valued, God forbid. So I think I'm off my soapbox now. This is one of my pet peeves. There's no excuse not to get information out. And, and this day, it's instantaneous. There's, there's no excuse that you can't pick up a phone, you can't pick up you know, a computer, go to a program, whatever, and say, hey, do you have a couple of minutes? So having said that, I'm challenging all leaders out there to step up and do a little better job at making your teachers feel you know, valued and respected and, and just being thoughtful enough to let them know their life is going to change drastically for the next year or the next semester. Okay, glad to be back with you guys. If you have any comments or questions, you know I love to hear them. You can go to my website and ask a question. You can obviously, uh, through Podbeam and Spotify, you can also ask questions as well. So thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I always like to end my sessions with Dare to be a Chihuahua Bat and go out there and have a Chihuahua Bat day.